What's crack? Welcome back to the Skin Hill Podcast. It's me and Mark back again. What's crack, Mark? Uh, me and you, Barry, back top of the league. Back top of the league, buzzing with it. And we've got a very special guest with us tonight. Welcome along, PJ. What's a crack? Paul O'Donnell. All right, lads. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Paul's here from the Ryan McBride Foundation. We're going to uh, have a wee chat about them and uh, the stuff they do in a, a, a wee while, I suppose. But let's get down to basics, first and foremost. We're back top of the league. We are. A uh, good, convincing victory over... The, the scumbags that are UCD. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it must be just a Dublin club thing that um, all Dublin clubs are scumbags. Is that right, Mark? Any club outside Derry. And oh, even the, some uh, inside Derry. Fact. Of course, of course, yes. Uh, say no more on the matter. Uh, moving on to the game, we may as well get straight onto it. Mark, have you got the team sheet in front of you there? Because you had it about five minutes ago. I've got the team sheet, I uh, good. Yeah, there we go. Good um, stall in there. So thank you, thank you. I was trying my best. Uh, once again, bit of a change team. So I think this is like four four consecutive victories. Spoiler alert: uh, four different teams. So we started with Brian Maher Nets. We had Ben Doherty left back, Ronan Boyce right back, Kieran Call back in the middle, along with uh, Cameron McJanet, and then we had Dummigan. Is that his first start since injury? Yeah, I think that's it is. his first. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patchen back in the middle, McInef, uh Duffy on the left, Branton Kavanagh getting the start on the right. Could, could have said Duffy on the wing there to go on with the song, but no, that's and, okay. That's okay. Uh, Jamie McGonagall back in up top as well. Thought was strange. I was expecting it to be honest. Like you hope that you get a bit of confidence back playing UCD. Well. But, you would, you would hope so. Turn out that way. No, it, it, it did not. I think he had one opportunity, and we'll we'll touch on that in a wee while. Uh, first and foremost, I thought the game was shite. Why? It it had all the feeling of like a preseason friendly. So does every game UCD. that UCD plays. True, true. But I think more so. Like even I think there was about seven songs sung all night. If even. Uh, well, the the atmosphere now we we. We're teasing the life out of this because we yeah, teased we it are, last yeah. week. Yeah. There's been a lot more developments this week. Massive developments. The The issue with the atmosphere and what's going on off the pitch will come to, and we actually will in this episode, definitely. Yeah. Um, on the pitch. I the thought pitch. it was a good sort of showcase of some of uh, some players from the, the bench 11. Yeah, you of know, course. There was a good showcase of them, I thought... The first ten minutes, um, we 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 looked like you know never going to lose this game. Yeah, very lively, very dominant. I don't know. I, the the first ten minutes for me, I know we scored in the twelfth, like, but uh, the first ten minutes for me, we were we were sort of letting UCD do a bit of attacking as well. There was a couple of um, sort of dodgy moments at the back where we were like passing it a, a, across the box, and that's in football for me, it's just a big no no. You don't pass the ball across your your twelve yard or your eighteen yard you, box. You can get away with against UCD, box. like. Well, we very nearly didn't, and towards the end of the game, I don't know if it was because we were a bit leggy after playing the match on Monday night against uh, Dundalk, um, but we conceded, and it was just we looked like conceding again. It was it was sort of poor, and we let them right back on it. Maher had a pull off a good double save. An amazing double save. Oh, I had, uh, fucking unbelievable. Sorry, we're, we're talking about the first, first ten minutes. I know we're talking about on. the first ten minutes, but I'm I'm saying it, it's not as straightforward and as clear as I think straight as away. Just, yeah. The first couple of minutes we nearly scored. I think it was Patson, was it? 
that we had two great chances they start off yeah and we were just i think we're starting to see now what michael duffy fully fit can do to a team oh he's frightening like, even tackle away his assists and goals just his overall play he's just a threat all the time and it's great they have him like oh absolutely and uh, long may it last his fitness um i don't know if or, or what the issue there was that he wasn't fit uh, for long periods last season i know he, he broke his leg but even before that and then coming back this season as well it was a long period that he was out and it's great to see everybody sort of coming back to the team at the one time uh, i think mark conley's not far off as well but on to the, the the game itself again uh first goal 12 minutes in and it was that man patching set mickey duffy off down the left duffy crossed it in and Jordan McAniff got a header on it and it was sort of a subdued I'm not sure how it went on <laughs> I don't think anybody had realised it was on the net until a couple of seconds after and that's when the celebration started but uh, if, if you even go back before Patron is involved yeah, it's um, a very sort of typical Derry City piece of play so you, you have a bit of a recycled ball that goes backwards to McJanet several times Um I plays it uh, a bit of a diagonal, long diagonal ball, finds uh, Kavanagh, comes inside, plays a nice wee 1-2 with Dummigan, and then Ben Doherty, who's come in for the more central position, uh, he, he picks it up, and uh, there's a lot of uh, sort of free space around him then, yeah. um, and he makes the run forward into that space, gives it to Patchen, and then Patchen obviously uh, plays the ball in. Um and it's uh, McInef, Jordan at the, the back post. Or Jordan McInef smashed it on with his head. From, goal scorer uh, supreme. From what, two yards out? Three yards out. Um, no, it was a great goal. A uh, great team goal. Uh, great ball on from Mickey Duffy. And uh, a great header from, from Jordan. But, it, you know, it was sort of like... Is it in, is it not? For a couple of seconds before you see him running off and even the celebrations. I watched it back the day. The celebrations were just like, eh. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah. Clap. A subdued celebration. But yeah. that's that is that's expected. It's the le- yeah, it's the level that, that we expect from UCD, isn't it? Uh, I see their ultras were were there in force. They had a banner. I yeah, think they, they had a banner, but no fans. Yeah. I think one of the players may have stuck it up. <laughs> I think it was the kit man, actually. Uh, uh, as part of his like kit routine, puts all the the players' shorts and tops out, and then goes over and sticks a flag up in the way end. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, not to say that not much else happened in the first half. We really continued to dominate and impress forward. I were laying siege on the, um, the UCD half, but. We did go in uh, at one nil. Um, I think Duffy had Duffy had a chance. I think this was at one nil, and he was in the box. And rather than take on the shot himself, he looked to try and play a ball across. Almost, I, I, it might have been Jamie McGonagall in there as well. Um, and and you were a bit surprised that he didn't take the shot on. But I think in his post match, Higgins made comment about it that he uh, he let him know at half time that he should have took it on himself yeah um, and he did in the second half take it on himself and and worked wonders with the ball um, same again from Jamie he was making all the runs but he was running into the wrong positions or he was changing his mind or whatever and I'm sure it's just as frustrating for him as it is for us to watch that um, 
in the the second half he did have an opportunity that I sort of alluded to earlier where it was a pass back to the goalkeeper essentially from a, a guilt-edged opportunity that he had to put it anywhere else it's a, a goal for Jamie and, and who knows maybe the drive's over and so he's on a run I think the one you're talking about it's, it actually goes under the keeper but I think he's really unlucky that it didn't go in yeah it went you know I mean the shot's probably straight at the keeper but it kind of crept under him and the keeper just managed oh, to, I, uh, to like, claw it out don't don't get me wrong it, it did make the keeper scramble and it was um, fairly lucky that the ball for UCD didn't end up in the back of the net it honestly could have went anywhere um, but I it, it was just frustrating it was very frustrating frustrating watch I think to be fair to Jamie when you watch him he does make good runs no, he, he he absolutely does, but it's it never seems they yeah when he does make those runs the right like, way or yeah he does make those runs and either the ball doesn't come to him or when the ball is coming to him he's running across the back of the defender and it breaks down or whatever I don't know. Um, Do you think it's a case that the way he plays might not suit the style of play of Derry City? I would agree with that because I think it doesn't matter who's up front. I think it always is going to be a problem. I think Derry is more wide men this year, especially with Duffy and Graydon. Yeah. Like, even I, when Kavanaugh's up top, you don't get much from him unless he's holding the ball up. Uh, so, I think Jamie doesn't really shoot our style of play unless we put him out wide for a game or so. Yeah, but that's that's not really Jamie's style, uh, is it? He likes to be on the ball and he likes to be running at defenders and stuff and making runs across the back of them for, you know, space or, or running in the space himself. Um, I think what, what he needs is a goal. Absolutely. First and foremost. And like that a, might set him off. A proper poacher's goal. He just needs to be just stood anything on the box like, for 70 minutes where he's going to get the ball exactly to his feet and knock it on. I think he would take the goalkeeper kicking it off his back by accident and then ending up in the back of the net. Yeah. And, and it might just sort of boost his confidence or whatever and, and send him on a wee run um, but does he get many more chances that is the question Like well, obviously if, if um, words greatest Colin Wynan's still out um, there, there's going to be chances there because it doesn't seem to be settled between uh, XL Kavanagh or Jamie who plays up top yeah one of the Bash brothers that uh, I sent you on on, on Friday and they were looking yeah, well weren't they Team USA yeah uh, what was that Mighty Dogs 3 or something uh, I think it was a uh, yeah. World Cup one fantastic how yeah, the World Cup <laughs> uh, right moving on we scored another goal we scored another goal uh, it was actually before the Jamie chance that we were talking about there um, what's that I thought uh, I think comes right. from a, a throw one not something we're too used to doing um, and I think it's having Duffy on the pitch that, that, that makes that uh, because what you find is we struggle to have someone that will come and take the ball. I don't think we actually had that kind of person since Gary Beckett. It's probably the last person that would just take the ball from a throw-in, mm-hmm. regardless of how many players were around him, and make something of it. Yeah. Uh, but th- this time, you know, D- Duffy takes it. Um, he-, he heads towards the left corner of the pitch, and then Patchen's inside of him on sort of the edge of the box. Yeah. And he just uses Patchen to, t- to get him round the, the two UCD defenders, but Patchen's flick. Oh, it was unbelievable. Oh. He just he took out those two defenders altogether. Oh, with Patchen, what did dash? It, it was. It yeah. was. And uh, and Duffy's just straight. It's perfectly weighted and everything into his path. He just takes one more touch, yeah. uh, probably to make a better angle for himself, and he just um, buries it past the keeper. And 
you must listen to the podcast because we were on about last week. I only had two goals. Yeah. For the season. Now he's uh, doubled it. And now he's doubled it in the <laughs> one game, you know. Well, he still only has four goals, like, so uh, when Friday, Saturday night rolls around, you know what to do, Mickey. Um, but that's just kind of the stuff that Will Patchen can do. It's obvious that he's a fantastic player. Uh, a lot of speculation and a lot of rumours going around about him. It's... I think I've even balls. seen uh, Duffy done an interview and he said how good it was to play with Patson. Yeah. So I think we've seen that with the first two goals and we'll start to see it now once Patson's getting, he looks better now than what he was. Yeah, I, I think he needs those kind of assists and maybe the odd goal himself just to sort of bring himself back into the, the, the run of things. But um, what a finish from Mickey Duffy. Kind of thought the UCD keeper could have done better. He could have done better if he wasn't the UCD keeper. Right? Well, I mean, he, he got let's a, be honest, like he got a touch on it, but it's like an unwritten rule for goalkeepers: you don't get beat at your near post. And that's it's exactly an unwritten rule. How many times is that rule broken? Oh, many, many times. Like, but I feel like it's one of those things that it's a go-to line for like a Sky Sports pundit. <laughs> oh, he shouldn't be beat at his front post. Says a right back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I don't buy it if. If the ball's hit sweet enough, you're not going to fucking stop it, whether it's your front post or not. True enough, and Paddy McCord was a merchant for that as well. Um, but no, take nothing away from Mickey. It was a great strike, great finish. Um, keeper did get a touch on it, which sort of made it, made it look a wee bit better. Kind of. From my angle, looked all right. Like it, yeah, he, he, he was never going to miss from where I was standing. Ah, uh, well. Uh, and then... Yeah. Uh, uh, the old one-two, we Un- we scored again. One-two uniflu. Um, um, so because it, it's UCD. No. U- oh, uni. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Way. Cheers. Yeah. College flu. Um, <laughs> so the third goal is well, it's, it's university college. I I don't understand that. Uh, you know. It's a, both at the same time. Like uh, make up your mind, like. Um, third goal, we alluded to it last week. Derry said he have a thing when they're two 0 up, where they just make football look easy. Yeah, and and you know what I I put this to our uh, fearless chairman, uh, Mao or uh, Dan, sorry, uh, before the match, and he was sort of like, "No, nah, it's balls." Our chairman, yeah. Big Phil. No, Dan, because we're part of the Gary Packet Supporters Club. No. You mean the manager uh, that we had on previously? Uh, he's the manager of the Rockin' Chair, but he's also the chairman of of the Gary Packet Supporters Club. I don't think it's structured that way, to be honest, well, boy. Well, I'm I'm just putting it out a there. Very like fluid, very socialist movement, so it is. Um, I thought it was communist. It's a, it's like a state of mind rather than supporters club. It's a dictatorship. You uh, up, Gary Beckett? You're never on the bus, sir. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, wow! You're only here two minutes and you're firing out jabs. Going you back to top of hell, you garble bastard! You. Uh, right, before you alienate any more listeners based on geography <laughs> that are within Derry. And we save that for non-dairy people only. Third goal is, is the, (laughs) weirdly, the goal that puts the game to bed, or so we thought, 3-0 up. Um, But it's it's coming from Maher again, like at the very, very back. And I I think he gives it to McJanet, plays Andy Branton, Kavanagh's involved again. And he just knows Kavanagh has his beautiful uh, sort of side or his back to, to the UCD goal. Mm-hmm. But he knows that with Mickey Duffy on the pitch, he's going to be making that run in behind. So he plays it. He just wastes no time, gets out of his feet, 
bang, ball over the top. Perfectly weighted, beautiful pass. And I think Mickey Duffy probably makes it look perfectly perfectly weighted because that header of a touch that he takes first yeah. was unbelievable. That's what puts him through. Uh, goal, <laughs> goalkeeper's advancing and he just touches it over him. He does. Um, beautiful finish. Brought the goalkeeper out in the no man's land. Didn't really have a chance. Uh, there's only one way it's going to go. Although I did see Jamie was perfectly positioned in the middle to take the ball if Mickey had a chose to play him in. But instead he went for the selfish if, one. Which obviously you would do. You want your attackers to do that. No, this is going to be very, very harsh. And the manager was sort of uh, coming out and saying that things were a bit too critical at times from the support. But to be very, very harsh, if we're playing no down comment. the... If we're playing down the Bay Road and Jamie McGonagall's square, are you going to pass it to him in the form that he's in? Or are you going to take the chance and lob the keeper and put it in the back of the net? No, oh, 100% you're, you're taking the chance every time. Although, with it being 2-0, and as you say, that old Derry City thing that we do now when we go 2-0 up, maybe there was a, an opportunity there for him to, to square the Jamie, but I don't know. Uh, but he didn't. He, he made the right decision and, and scored himself. And doubled his, his tally for the season so far. Um, can't really say much about it. UCD probably could have defended better. Can't really do much. Balls in no man's land. The keeper has to come. If it doesn't come, Mickey's smashing it. I know it's, it's, a, it's a goal no matter what. Like, but It's a great goal. It's a great goal. And that's two great goals within the space of six minutes. Which is... Unbelievable. Uh, kind of stuff that we haven't been doing at home. Um, But then we sort of ring the changes at 3-0. We do. uh, A lot of changes. um, And some eternal bench dwellers. Well, one one of the bench stalwarts, Matt Ward, bench original. Yeah. Since the start of the season, he comes off the bench um, for Michael Duffy. Um, But you had Graydon Diallo and the young lad Patton come on. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Shane made a return to the, the uh, 11. Shane came on at half Shane time. Shane came on at half time. And I, I completely forgot about the, this incident. Um, ben probably should have been sent off. I didn't actually see that. I didn't see it. From where fair. I was, I don't see it properly. I just felt it, it was a strong mm, tackle. Like it. It, it was strong, but he was, he was kind of a wee bit high. I don't know. It was kind of like, oh, fuck, this is, this is, this is dangerous. But uh, I think... I think the referee probably made the right decision in, in standing a couple of yards back, taking his time and, and giving the yellow card. The UCD centre half, whose name I can't remember, I think it might have actually been the fellow that scored. Wells. Um, Adam Wells, Adam I. Wells, it was either Adam Wells or, or Jack Keeney. House in the Wells. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Uh, was like roaring at the referee, being like, oh, it's it's late, it's, it's high, and it should have been a red, and blah, 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 blah. But, Look, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. I've seen them given for for less. I I I can't really say because I couldn't see it, but it made sense. Um, it made for, sense for Murray Higgins to use one of his uh, substitute windows, which is half time, which is gifted to you um, to take off the booked player. Um, see if you if you <coughs> haven't listened to the podcast uh, this season, PJ, that. you you would know all about Mark and his rants about substitution windows and. It's just you, you're wasting one if you're going to use it three minutes under <laughs> After half. After half time, it uh, doesn't make sense. Um, Stop feeding them. 
U- UCD, I think they just started playing to scare us, but I think probably all the changes unsettled the team a wee bit, and maybe some of the lads that, that remained on the pitch got a bit complacent. Yeah. Um, maybe UCD have the same thing that we have. We go 2-0 up, we start playing football. They go 3-0 down, they start playing football. Mm, I don't think UCD... No, but UCD knock the ball about. I don't think they play much football. Do you know what? Not a bad team to knock the ball about. They just Whenever they lose it, they're they're not great at, you know, winning the bag again. Um, or winning anything, for that matter. Um, they, they they done something, and it was a corner. It was, um, it was like a role reversal. It was like us in the first 10 minutes when we were... They just seem to have all just attack on them. a very small spell in the game, and and but it just so happened that that spell came in the seventy fifth minute. Ah, uh, roughly, roughly the seventy fifth minute, and lasted like ten minutes. Ah, uh, so corner in into the six yard box. Now there's one lad who made a run towards front post. Yeah, and that just seemed to confuse our defenders, and then the ball ends up going over his head regardless, and yeah. your man Adam Wells. Takes him two attempts, but he, he stabs at home then from very close range. Yeah, um, i just seen in the aftermath of the goal, Kieran called gesturing to, I think it was Ronan Boyce and somebody else. Big um, Shane would have been on there, you would imagine. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm not 100%, but it was just sort of gest- gesturing because he was stood on the post being like, what the fuck? Uh, I, I, the lad, I don't know his name I think he was like number 24 um, he, he made the run And uh, just nobody seemed to, to know what the fuck was going on And then just a, a couple of minutes later So it's 3-1 Harvey O'Brien uh, Oh no, who? Harvey O'Brien uh, And he was only on the pitch 10 minutes Before UCD scored well, yeah, um, and a, a, a few minutes later We're... we're <laughs> Penned in again, and Maher is forced in the, as uh, is, is, you alluded to PJ, fucking a great double save that you wouldn't expect him to have to make no, against like the UCD. Yeah. Uh, when we're, we're 3-1 up and they score a goal, it potentially changes the game like altogether. The most annoying thing was three clean sheets in a row. You'd be looking at uh, And the one that you drop by <laughs> is UCD at home. Maher, a few minutes of that, like. Oh, he was. You could see him in the aftermath of the goal, be like. It's, I'm I'm fucking raging here, um, but I think everybody was fucking raging. To be honest, that it was a bit of a shock that UCD were that far up the pitch and scored. It was just all bet slaps getting wrapped up. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You didn't you didn't think it was possible, but the the stadium actually got more silent after the goal, <laughs> um, which was a bit crazy. And then I suppose the only the only thing then that happens is we pick ourselves up a wee bit, ben which Stalwart. is good. Yeah, Ben Stalwart, Matt. Matt Ward gets immediately involved in the action, picks up uh, a yellow card, and uh, he he just looked so hungry, didn't he? He looked like he was battling for something. Yeah, and he he got a goal, uh, took a gamble at the back post, and I don't know if um, was it Graydon? Graydon, yeah. And I I think he went for like a lob, a bit like Duffy's yeah, in the first exactly half. Exactly, like I was trying to do what Duffy done earlier. Uh, and and. He's fucked it up, but in a good way, you know, Matt Ward took the gamble and he's in the back post to tap it in, essentially. Yeah, but he, he nearly scored again after that. And there was a couple of opportunities he took where he was He, he was, was hitting everything then. Yeah, he was, he was shooting, but 
probably would have been in a better position to give the ball off to somebody who would have scored. But look, it doesn't matter. We won the game 4-1. Uh, disappointing that UCD scored. Disappointing that we conceded in the manner that we did. It was just a very lackadaisical. The fact that he had two opportunities to score uh, was was kind of annoying. Um, Christ, that's, that's not simply the best. Uh, Mark's just got a news alert. They say that Tina Turner's popped her clogs. No, I, BBC have sent out a newsletter. I don't have Tina Turner news well, on I the mean, phone. Um, I, Tina Turner's brown bread. What's, um, what's love got to do with it, to be honest? Uh, Matt Ward, just on Matt Ward, um, as we record today on Wednesday, mm-hmm. he's away back to Ipswich, finished up his loan. Yeah, Has he? seen that. that. Uh, they want Christ. them back for pre-season. They, say. they want them back for pre-season. What, did they get relegated this season or well, something? They got promoted. <laughs> did they? <laughs> Where are they playing now? Championship? championship? Fucking hell. Matt Ward's going to be a Ward championship Scores player. a goal against Ushuri and, and could well be featuring in the championship this coming season. Won't be against James McLean though because Wigan have been relegated but he has signed a deal which puts the, the rumours to bed. He signed the fucking pre-season last year. I still think he'll want out. So was well, that like a all that I hope? Was that like a contract stipulation that if he plays so many games or gets so many goals, he gets the extra year? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't really know the ins and outs of it. All I know is that he posted on Instagram, being like nothing has changed, and that's the rumors put to bed. Um, it sort of knew that was coming to be honest. Uh, but the question on my mind is. Is Oliver John O'Neill away? No. So the loan hasn't ended per se. It hasn't run its course. Yeah. Uh, Ipswich have recalled him. Ipswich have recalled Matt Ward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. So uh, OJ O'Neill plays for Fulham, does he not? Aye. So has loan still running until. Uh, we're led to believe until the end of June or July, but we don't actually know. I thought it was the beginning of the gym, but learn something new every day. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it kind of disappointed that we're now a player down. And it <laughs> just after he goes and shows that, like, any big opportunity that he might actually be able to do something for the for us for the rest of the season. Then but he's, you, he's you're never going to start. So you're never going to start him ahead of Graydon, Duffy or Ben Doherty. Well, you're not, but again, after that goal and the performance he was putting in, the very tenacious sort of, I want this. Aye. And then he's taken away like three days later. And then, but you also have Brandon Kavanagh, who's who's really put himself in the frame now for a starting position. But he, as you say, he'll could, play off the right. But as you say, could we possibly go on this summer? That's what we were told. Yeah. But could have changed either way. Things can change. Well, if, say for example, they don't get O'Neill, Till the end of the season, then Caffin is probably going nowhere. Yeah, uh, a winger departing early from his loan, Caffin again might not be going anywhere. He might not have been going anywhere anyway, but you never know. Uh, well, the lads from the Brandywell have good wingers. You heard it here first. Uh, so the game itself uh, ended four-one. Kind of an interesting development elsewhere in the league that seen us go top was. Drahara beaten Shamrock Rovers in Tala. Now, it's interesting, but is it surprising? Not if really. I, if I was a Drogheda fan, I'd be like, how can we beat the two top teams every time we play them and then go to shit in every other game? Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I suppose for a Drogheda fan that would be fairly frustrating. 
Um, but at the same time, do you really give a fuck? No, I don't care. As long as they don't uh, beat us. Well, I don't care. Uh, but um, but I, for that. The, the Unstoppable Rovers, I think they were... Did, did they have the trophy presentation already? Because they were crown champions about two weeks ago. They were, and then, uh, I, I don't know, they must have had the old UV points deduction uh, thing fired at them. Uh, I, I, I don't honestly know. But neither here nor there. We are top of the league. Fuck the resties. Uh, I think it's perfect time to go through some Instagram predictions before we talk to PJ about the foundation. Why are you talking like that? Because I'm introducing it, Mark. I mean, you don't need to do like a news reader's voice. I think you'll find I can do it as much as I want, and that's not a Belfast voice. That's not a Belfast voice. You behave yourself. Right, go ahead. I can knock your mic off. <laughs> right, so the Instagram uh, predictions. Kai Gibbons 8. Oh, by the way, these are all at least uh, 4 and if 5. If anyone predicts you should either score a Matt Ward, they score, they deserve more than a cup. Uh, well, cup and t-shirt. Cup and t-shirt. Uh, uh, right, so... Kai Gibbons, 6-0. No scores. Thank you, Kai. Uh, need the scores, please. Uh, Rizzo McGizzo. I shit you not. <laughs> uh, 7-0. Duffy times 3. Ollie O'Neill times 2. Graydon and Kavanagh XL. Uh, well, I mean, Duffy scored twice. That was a bit it. Uh, Tag McCluskey. Oh, this, this is very underwhelming. I'm kind of disappointed. 3-0. What's that about? Uh, Mark and F and both Kavnis. I, I can I can outdo you on the underwhelming scale uh, on Facebook, but I'll let you okay. finish. Okay, okay. Uh, David McLaren, 4 0 Derry, Duffy times 2, XL Kavanagh and Graydon. You got Duffy times 2, and Tag McCluskey got Mark and F. That's, that's close. If he's, if he's had a teamed up, lads, who knows what might have happened. Uh, Mark Cavergy, 5 0, Mickey Duffy, McGonagall, Mark and F, Adam O'Reilly, McJanet. No. Uh, Philip A 5-0 Duffy 3 Mike and F and Graydon not a million miles away like there were 5 goals in the game and Duffy and Mike and F both on the score sheet there uh, fair enough unlucky uh, Owen Colhoun very underwhelming as well 2-0 Ollie and Mike and F I mean we would have took it 100% but it, it, it's usually D lads come on do better uh, Conor McGeehan 4-0 Kevin times 2 O'Reilly Patchen no uh, Kieran McIntyre six 0 Derry no scorers need your scorers. Cal Harnett, uh, that is Harnett, yeah, four uh, 0 to the County Stripes, including the brace from Higgins because he felt like it. <gasps> uh, do, 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 Shane McCarney five 0 Derry Diallo Patchen Boyce We Kavanagh and OG. An OG? We haven't had an OG prediction there. Well, wasn't with that. Or does he mean the OG? I do you mean the, the OG Kafna or no? Uh, the OG bench stalwart Matt Ward and maybe he's oh, predicting that. Diggy Gillespie, six nil. The Allo Riley Graydon times two. Kavna and Duffy. Keane Kavna, sorry, and Duffy. Uh, no. Uh, Keane Morrow, Harpo, four nil. Patch and Duffy and McGoogle times two. McGoogle with. <laughs> With a response very quickly after it, and two laughing faces, McGonagall. Uh, yeah, so he's now uh, Jamie McGoogall. That's 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 his new name. Uh, Keith McCallion, 4-0. Searching for the net. <laughs> 4-0, Connor Salmon to score four penalties. <laughs> that, no, that's a good reference to... Remember Connor Salmon tortured us that season? Oh, he fucking died, yeah. 
And then when he signed for us, he was couldn't shy. hit water if he fell out of a boat. I only have the memory of him scoring the equaliser uh, away in Cork in the 94th yeah. minute. Yeah. Uh, Adam Houston, <laughs> shin pads, 4-0, Jamie 2, McInef and Padgen. Crap. It's not good enough. It was actually not far off. No, no. That's the best one so far. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe not. Uh, Don's away to 8, 4-0, Jamie, Bill Patchen. <laughs> Will Patchen, Bill Patchen. Yeah, thank you, Keith. Uh, Same thing though, isn't it? Duffy and B. Gavna. Uh, not quite. Warren Harley. God, there's so many of these. Yeah, 5-0 Derry. Duffy, Jamie McInef, Brandon Kavna to get two. No, Ronan McGinley, 5-0. McGonagall, Duffy, Patchen, B. Cav and O'Neill off the bench. No, Liam Dunn, 3-0, B. Kavna, Duffy and Jamie. And O'Donnell, 19-20. Don't read mine out. Oh, PJ, you've had a mare here. few weeks. You've had a fucking mare. 6-0, right? Jamie got two. Small Kavna, McJanet, Patchen, and you got one right. And the worst thing about Mickey it, Duffy. I don't a bet. Oh, exactly. Oh, uh-huh, for fuck's sake, PJ. How much was going to reel on? There wasn't even that much to it, the worst thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Odds on. Yeah, well, that's all your, your Instagram ones. Nobody gets a, a mugger t-shirt of me this week. Mark, what have you got for me? I, right. can, I can sort of see what you're looking at already and I cannot wait. I'll run through what we picked up on the Facebook page. We had Marty Gillespie went 3-0. Marty right. Gaga, legend. Uh, you you just know people's nicknames. Sorry. like I have no idea. Uh, 3-0, O'Reilly, Duffy and Doherty. Richie Tolan went 6-0. Kavanagh, Branton Kavanagh with two. Duffy with two. Boyce and Patchen. Uh, Marty Page went 4-0. Jamie with two, we Cav and Patchen. Um, Sean McHugh went 5-0. Ben, Doherty, Duffy, Branton, McGonagall, Patchen. It's difficult, isn't it? Hi, when there's so many scores. <laughs> Ryan Ward, not learned from the time he got it right and then put his scores in, Fox just went 4 sake, Wardo, stop it. Even warned. Danny Wright went 2-0, Duffy and McGonagall, but pessimistic. More pessimistic than this podcast. Which is um, surprising. Adam Wilson went 5-0. Couldn't be arsed to name the scorers. Michael Wilson <laughs> must have been related to Adam Wilson. Michael Wilson went 4-0 to Derry and he couldn't be arsed to name any scorers either. I would he didn't announce that he wasn't arsed to read any of the scorers. And then we... Um, so we we got an Adrian Kerr um, prediction on, uh, as we do. Yeah. Um, They're always fantastic. So he, he, he's wrote in Derry City versus University College Dublin prediction. It is exam time for the students. It is also <laughs> exam time for the learned Mark. <laughs> Fantastic. I love how he doesn't make it make me do mathematics. So he, he sent in some equations. So it's um, Derry City will score and then it's 2 to the power of 0. Okay. Plus 2 to the power of 1. Yeah. Plus two to the power of two. And how's your mathematics, Mark? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> two squared, right? Is right. F- is four. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Two to the power of one, does that cancel it out and mean that's one? And then two to the power of zero is zero, which would be five. 
right? You're looking at me. I, I feel like you know the answer, but you're looking at me like that. Um, well, well. And then PJ, he, you done your your GCSE maths more recently than we did. Don't What's your a, take on it? Don't have a clue. That's no. Two. Is <laughs> that two times one? The wee small. You have to times that. The. Uh, that's two. Two six. So six all the ever six and all these then. Two four, but then two squared is four, which would be eight. But two to the power of zero would be zero. Two to the power of one. Just one. one. It's two. So you reckon six? I reckon six. I reckon five, and hopefully Adrian, Adrian let, let us know. know. Right, um, please. No, that's just one half. Go, go half. correct our homework here. That is just one half here. Um, he, he sent, and then UCD will score the value of X. Hang on, did he not? Yeah, he, he showed some sort of working. Where, oh, it's algebra. Where X Fuck off, is <laughs> X squared minus 2X plus 3 equals, uh, open brackets, X minus 1. Close brackets, open brackets, x minus three. Close brackets. I'm sweating more than me, me math GCSE here. So attempt on that one. Yeah. Now I'm going to assume. You, you ever do this uh, in actual maths where you 16 just sixteen years ago, by the way. You just guess. Yeah. So I'm going to assume this is zero based on prior knowledge that it's UCD is predicting for. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, fifteen um, years ago. Fifteen years ago, I don't me GCSEs. I can't begin to work was this one. The last one time I looked at maths, I can't begin to work this one out. Um, so, like, is x equal to minus one times minus three? Mark, you should have done your homework before you came on the podcast. I didn't look at this. I actually didn't. Um, Ridiculous. He's named goal scorers. Oh, would you not just count the goal scorers then? No, because he's put a caveat them. Oh, so he's gone Kevin a minor twice. McJanet, Diallo. So what's that? Two, four, and Duffy to score the remainder. Oh, oh, very clever, Adrian. Very now, clever. If you say in six, then Duffy gets two. I'm saying five. Duffy gets one. I'm assuming it's two if if it's Duffy because Duffy's always going to get two, isn't he? Ah, but you haven't worked it out uh, mathematically. Nor do I intend to. Simply because the homework was, was produced for you, not for me. I'm more of... It's got your name on it, not mine. More of a poetry fan than than a, <laughs> an algebra fan. Oh, the poetry was, was top drawer. Um, Absolutely top but drawer. But yeah, that wraps up the UCD game. Yes, moving very, very swiftly on. And Adrian, you can send Mark a, a message, uh, either on Scandal or, or personally, if you so wish, uh, scorning him. Uh, for his attempt at mathematics and you can also uh, scold me I don't really care Brian Keyes is my math teacher uh, that explains it all um, PJ yeah. we're here to talk about the foundation okay so obviously we all know that what the, the Ryan McBride Foundation is it was set up in the, the aftermath I think it was a year after No, so Ryan's passing was it? just to take you back a wee bit Brian, I'm not 100% on what the foundation is or the like purpose or goals of it so just give us a wee Quick intro as to what it is and what it's about. Well, the foundation, our main thing is support, assist and inspire young people. So that can be through sports or through our things. Our main uh, project is our primary schools. So we're in 30 primary schools across Derry. Whoa, why? Whoa, 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 whoa. 30? 30. 
Holy fuck. So we offer sessions. It's usually two hours, so it's you can have three classes, two classes or four classes, whatever the school wants. Can be from P one right up to P seven. Uh and all we do basically is we learn football, nice skills. It's our PE session basically. But we also learn about health eating, mental health, bullying, all our workshops like that. So that's our main the primary schools are main the core ethos of the the foundation itself. Now explain to me how the foundation was set up. Well, it was set up it was I think it was Thank you. Right, the years roughly. Or, or uh, it was. It was in six months between a year. Yes. I think. Yeah. It, so it was in that period uh, after Ryan had passed. So the family set it up, basically, with the. I think there was a, the GoFundMe page with the money raised from the funeral and stuff. Yeah, that was funny enough. That was actually the the Red Partisans, um, I believe, that started that fundraising drive, and it was to cover costs. Um, I think of the funeral and stuff, but the costs were already covered. Uh, I think by the club and and, and by Ryan's family. Um, but something like thirty thousand was it? Was not too sure. Of was raised. Um, I I just remember at the time we had a lot of people, um, a lot of famous people donating. Obviously, like uh, you like your James McLean's and your uh, Shane Duffy's and Irvin Welsh. Who's he? He wrote Train Spotting. Yeah, uh, big Hibs fan as well, um, and loads of other uh, ex-professional footballers, current professional footballers, and uh, people involved in sport who had obviously seen what had happened and and seen the the uh, the fundraiser and stuff was was going on. Um, so you're in thirty primary schools. That that, that yep. figure just absolutely amazes me. I, I didn't even know there was thirty primary schools I in Derry. Never like, how far <laughs> out do you go? No, it's all dairy like so just the, the entire one, the, the city old, or the county, is it? Uh Glen Dermot and Mullaboy would probably be our two furthest ones. Right, okay. So Mullaboys and Slackmanis. Yeah. And then you have Glen Dermot or more. So they're probably our two furthest ones and then everywhere else is city centre and waterside. It's just all about well, fair play, man. Um and how long have you roughly been involved with the, the, the foundation now? I think it's five or six years. Six years I think. Six years, Jesus, and you weren't always just a coach, though. Is that is that right? I started off uh, just doing all the social media and stuff, and just helping out where I could. Yeah. And then uh, I done my coaching badges then, just before COVID, and I moved on to coaching then. But I'm still doing social media and stuff as well for them. Oh, fair play! Like me and Mark were were sort of talking a couple of weeks back. Uh, you might have he- even heard it if you, yeah. you were listening. Um, in fact, he did because he messaged me. Uh, I I forgot to reach out to you. My apologies. Um, but uh, he he reached out to me in the aftermath of that episode, and you were like, "Dead on! I'll come on anytime. We'll we'll talk about the foundation." Um, I remember because I think at the time I was involved in Derry City. Were you some sort of secretarial role? Within the 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 company structure of the foundation itself, yeah. Well, it wasn't a facilitator title, and when I first started, I was just on as volunteer. So, but that probably that's probably what I would say I was doing mostly because I was basically doing everything in the office. Well, well fair play. How, um, how many people are involved in the the foundation itself? Well, the coaches we have about let's see here, seven or eight coaches. 
and then one of them coaches is the project manager so he'll run it and then you have the board members which is basically Ryan's family and friends nominated so you know they'll have they all do their own jobs so one's in charge of money stuff like that yeah like I remember Kenny Shields um, who had left or had been uh, mutually consented as manager um, I believe he was still involved in the foundation for a while after he still is, is he still, oh, fair play he's still part of the board uh, Kenny's helped out quite a lot he done uh, when he was a Northern Ireland women's manager he done a Gares only session and we must have had about 30 or something at that and that went really well so he helps out a lot so fair play um and when you do come in the schools what's the sort of reception that that you would get uh, they love it uh we do like our go red for ryan when we're trying to raise a bit of money like the schools got right behind that because of what we've been doing the past couple of years yeah like, I'd, I'd, funny enough it was actually off the back of that campaign that we sort of spoke about it and and that's how we ended up um getting you on the podcast so sorry about that um currently what's the next project well the primary school is ongoing and then we're trying to get into nursery schools now start september uh then during summer every week except for the foy cup week we're having a summer camp so that's across all the water side, city side, and we're even going to Bonkrana. Right. We've been to Bonkrana the past couple of years, and we've got a good reception down there, good numbers. So we'll, th- those camps, are they taking place simultaneously? Is it like a day here, a day there? What way do they work? No, so it's a be three days camp normally, so one week could be at the Brandywell, then the next week could be in Lee Fair, and then stuff like that. So it's Lottery every week in the summer, except for Foy Cup. Fair enough, fair enough. Sounds good. And, and when, you, when you're in the primary schools, it's obviously quite young people that, that you're coaching and that. Have they got an awareness of Ryan McBride? Yep, so we try and, uh, at the start of the project, we obviously talk about what Ryan is and what he done in his career. And uh, sometimes we do presentations about it, so the video of the highlights and stuff. And uh, we just try and get his name out there as much as possible. Please tell me in that video package <laughs> the tackle against Cork is included. That's a meme one. That's all Fantastic. I talk about. Too. Uh, fair enough. So, from my memory, a scene um, from like the beginning of the foundation onwards, like I've always supported the foundation uh, as best I could. Uh, trying to catch him out on social media and stuff and now I realise that that's you doing the, the social media so I'll, I'll keep even more of an eye out now and, and try it with me Mark will make a, a more um, active sort of awareness to keep an eye out for it and, and share whatever we can and so on um, and, and obviously help out where we can um, but going back to the, the very beginning of the foundation always remember it being like the football and the, the kickabouts in the street uh, where, where Derry City players were getting involved because uh, I remember vividly Ronan Curtis uh, scoring a pizza in, in the streets in the Brandywell um, and like the mid-term camps for kids and stuff which is you know, f- absolutely fantastic have you ever really met any sort of opposition from it? and I know this is going to be a bit controversial but I'm just sort of I, I want to ask the question uh, well and the only reason I ask is because I know like other organisations, uh, other you know football clubs, uh, like youth football clubs, they run their own sort of stuff as well. 
No, well, in terms of clubs, none at all. Uh, we kind of support them. We don't have. We don't have thing where if the club passed it on their social media, shared all the information about the camp, told the people training if the, when they signed up, they named their club and we give a fiver back to them, fiver to the club. Yeah. So we done that, and I think all clubs have really been supportive I think sometimes you're going to get that opposition you're always going to find some sort of opposition Um, the real question I'm I'm really dying to ask I know what you're trying to get at (laughs) the football club yep so I don't know if there is a a working relationship with the football club I don't know if uh, there's a bit of a, a, a sticky patch there or what I, I just sort of want to get a bit of information on it and I'm not trying to push you and they trying to get in trying to get trouble just <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not trying to get the foundation of the trouble I'm not trying to get the club of the trouble I'm just sort of getting is there a working relationship there or let's just is say the door sort of half open it could be a lot better than what it is it yeah. probably should be better than what it is well considering that I think the foundation uh, set up by you know Derry City fans and Ryan's family and he was our captain at the time. In the Brandywell. In the Brandywell. I mean, I think I I'm I'm not digging at the foundation here. I'm digging at the well, people uh, that look, should be dug at. Leave it for us to to see, because um, obviously, as as someone involved with the foundation, it's all sort of politics. Then when it comes to stuff like that, so yeah, we're not I, trying I, to lead you down I, that road. I, I think it, it would be fair for for me and Barry to say, fucking wise up. The Derry yeah. City Football Club, sort your act out and and you know get whatever fucking Firth. ego trip that people are on, put that behind you and get behind a good um, a good foundation, a good cause in the local community. Imagine a, a community football club being yeah, involved that's with the someone exact in the, fucking the local point community. A, a point, a club that, that tries to say they're a community football club, but have distanced themselves so much. Did not d- I don't. I, I, I don't think they've so distanced themselves. I think they've of the shot themselves you know. on the foot so many times. Oh fuck! Um, but I, no, we could probably move a wee bit beyond that because it is a shite area to talk about um, when we're talking about a, a foundation that, by all accounts, does so much good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, like I, how, as far as I'm aware, I thought it was just like mid-term football camps and and thirty primary schools is completely astounded me in in terms of like the foundation obviously it must be a growing thing Uh, I can't imagine it started out with the amount of coaches and stuff that it had but is there opportunities for people to get involved and and, and how do they go about that if there is yeah well we're always open to partnerships and ideas like uh, for Down Syndrome Trust they got in contact with us now we do a session with them every week in terms of coaches, like we have summer camps coming up and we probably will need coaches if people are laying holidays and stuff. We do apprenticeships as well. Uh, so we've offered one apprenticeship at the minute. Uh, as soon as he came out of school, he got on and we've given him a paid internship. Like, and uh, he's been getting a lot of experience with that. So if ever you're interested in coaching just get in contact and we'll see what we can do 
and so even it's, it's it, not just a closed shop user actually actively reaching out for people to to get involved even on like a volunteer basis say someone isn't uh, isn't interested in coaching might not even be interested in football but likes the idea of the foundation and and, and the sort of the, the the social responsibility side of it uh, is there like general volunteer opportunities as well yeah like there easily could be um like we have a lot of people that does our graphics and stuff for us for our posters when we're advertising our social media and just like i said it basically if you're on chest it and the foundation get it get in contact with us and we'll see what we can do for you uh so i think when when we share this episode we'll share um links to the Facebook, have you got Instagram? and, and We have Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Then we have our website. Uh, well, we'll, sh- we'll so share the I'll, I'll get links. the link off you and I'll, I'll, what I call, I'll copy them on to the uh, the information sort of for the episode this week. Um, but I, by all accounts, the, like some of the information you've just given me there, PJ, is, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's great to see the, the foundation doing so well. Um, and obviously, reaching out to our fans, uh, both of Derry City and if you listen to Seattle. I assume you do anyway because these are all shining off. Um, but if not, uh, whenever the opportunity comes and you have a couple of pounds spare to give to the foundation, please do so. If we if we get like another five or six listeners, we could maybe do a Skintel eleven versus oh, a, a charity eleven. Possibly, possibly. But I think we don't want to. That's doubling our audience to get to that. Uh, well, end, so. how do you double half a person? No, this is going back to Adrian Kerr's fucking <laughs> prediction. <isn't it? laughs> Head scrambled. <laughs> well, PJ, thank you for uh, for coming on and talking about the foundation. Um, so, I, PJ, thank you for, uh, very much for coming on and sticking uh, your your two p in uh, about the foundation. We really appreciate it. Um, well, obviously, if anything comes up in the future, uh, we'll happily broadcast it on Scant Hill and get involved where we can. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to push on a wee bit we are going to talk about statement gate uh, statement versus statement versus, versus statement club directed podcasts and oh, oh there's been oh oh, oh oh digs are being thrown we've Christ. had uh i use um quotation marks when i say that of course we had yes because a couple that's easy of for weeks our, our, now our listeners to see i uh, but if you can't um infer that infer the tone of my voice uh, and you only take offense to something unfortunately that is entirely your own fault um so right so what we didn't how how do we go about it so chronologically yeah i think we need to so chronologically there was trouble at pats and trouble at rovers and both happened to be in the same week wasn't a monday and a friday yeah friday and a monday so, so there was trouble there um and and very quickly after that the the club came out with a, a statement um and i'm just gonna have a look at the statement here now so i mean what the statement was about uh, under 14s not being allowed under the stadium on a on a company um yeah having to enter via certain gates certain depending gates on what and, yeah. um no longer buying terrorist tickets and walking across the, the south end parks now which to be fair, you probably shouldn't be doing it anyway. But no, but I think there was a lot of inference coming from the club as to what Derry City fans be up to and, and the behaviour of Derry City fans. Yeah. Like, 
I have a, a, a ticket for uh, it's just in block A because that's where it was available for uh, mm-hmm. my season ticket, which I still haven't got in the post, by the way. Um, but genuinely, n- <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, Fucking hell! So my season tickets for block A, uh, purely out of availability. I know I stand on the terrace every week, and you know, so I don't care where where my ticket is. is I just buy it for having the season. I'm ticket actually mark. the same as you three. Oh. <laughs> so before you say something, however, did you get past the security to to stand on the terrace? Um, because the security, and I could say the security is lacking. The security is a no, sign. It's not. It's just clear that they're they're selecting or being totally selected. Uh, certain. Well, people. that that's the thing. That so the. the I think this is the main issue people have with some of the things that are coming out of the club at the moment. Um, By the way, just just before you go any further, I, I want to point out that I dumped me toe in the water on Friday night for the UCD game. I came on the, the St. Anne's Gate, or the Anne Street Gate, St. Anne's Gate. The Anne Street Gate, which is where the Ryan McBride mural is, oh, and uh, at the Long Tower Gate. Long Tower Gate. Yeah, Long Tower Gate, whatever. Um, Statement but it's, Gate. It's, <laughs> fuck off. Um... But I, I came on there and thinking I was going to be subjected to all sorts of stopping searches uh, by uh, the security as opposed to the cops. Um, just wandered straight across the back of the 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 net uh, at the showgrounds end and over towards yourselves. Well, I think their, their biggest thing on Friday night was stopping people coming from the terrace side over onto the the south end stand but as you say what people see is very much a targeted approach mm-hmm. so certain people will walk in have free reign of the ground never be asked to show their ticket never be asked where they're going just walk around that brand new stadium like they own it yeah and then certain other people can't move for for being asked, they can't get through the gate yep. because they've been pointed out for some reason. So it's, I, it's I, very nineteen thirty nine Germany, on it. The I mean, that's <laughs> it's worse than some of the stuff I come out with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I can't even find the statement on online there now. But it's very nineteen sixty nine Derry, on it. So the, the, there's that, um, but prior to that, we discussed the placing of stewards in, in a stand one of them probably takes up my seat uh, I Mental. don't know um, the fact that they took out two oh. rows of seats yeah, out, two they? row I thought it was just the one but Jesus two or one. the fact that they fucking taken out at least a row of seats they facilitate stewards coming on they stop people from congregating around the front part of the uh, the stand it's, it's fucking insane man where else in the world would you get it right so the, and that's all fair enough so that's I don't think it's the security company that are coming up with these things. I think it's very no, much, it's not. They're they're being directed uh, to do these. I think things. it's coming from the club. So, and and to continue on in chronological order, then, and, and something that the the most recent statement from people who reside in Block K uh, takes a swipe at. There was a. A podcast, believe it or not, there's another Dairy City podcast. I'm shocked. News to me. Um, so there was a podcast <laughs> and they had a letter in from a listener or something like that. And it was as scathing an attack as you could get on, on the people that sort of stand blocky. But I imagine that the letter came under the journal rather than... Probably, but it, it, 
that doesn't me. matter. I think no, the big thing for me was that the commercial manager of Derry City Football Club comes off the back of the reading of the letter with, I agree with most of that, I think is his exact words. So that's your starting point. Um, he continues to go on and, and talk about you know, why there's measures in place and all this sort of stuff, but he's lost in his first words by saying he agrees with most of what one person has written and not provided a shred of evidence to back up what they've written. They're just almost ranting. It's like me and you sitting here. Um, so that's the commercial manager. That's someone I, I assume he's on the board as well. Oh, I absolutely coming out with that absolute garbage. I've I've great time. If if the commercial manager is who I think it is, then I have great time for the man. Um, because he does so much for the club, so much good for the club. Um, like there's there's no denying that a lot of shit that's happened in Black K isn't really acceptable but instead of you know being like look lads gone that it's been a case of right well fuckies we're we're gonna round you up here and, and fuck you out or blanket ban or stop you from coming on the the stadium or um we're just gonna kill off any atmosphere by putting stewards under your block and across Aye, the seats and stuff there was so no like to go back to the very beginning of it myself and one of the lads from black k how, how uh, far back are we going here? Pre-Cup final. Last year's Cup final. Yeah, yeah. So, me and one of the lads, I, I went up with him because he was asking for somebody to go up with him. And I was like, right, well, fuck it. I know who uh, I'm meeting here or who's up here and I'll happily sit with you and, and back you up where it needs to be or whatever. Um, the meeting itself was actually extremely progressive. So, uh, the club has held a meeting with these people with with one person and me, and um, the meeting was your man himself. I'll, I'll tell you, it was fairly progressive. Some of the stuff that they were, so they were saying to us was was great. Like one one just just so I, I can get it in my mind. One person plus from you, Black K plus me. right, and uh, you're acting as representative. Oh uh, yeah, and this person is an actual one of and, and rather than just call them Block K. One of the, the the young lads that that stand there and and go to the away games and stuff. So one of like this core group of people, mm-hmm. he was the other person. Is that what yeah, you're saying? That, right. That's correct. Right, that's fine. Uh, and we went on and we had this meeting with um, I think it's the club secretary, uh, the child protection officer, and the commercial manager. We have I, a I child protection. Oh, <laughs> every, every, everybody does. there. Everybody does. Um, but we we had the meeting and uh, the the things that were coming out were were fairly progressive. Um, they were happy to give the Black K lads a, a place to work uh, for the dis- display for the cup final. Um, they were happy enough to they send Ray Higgins and and other members of the team up uh, to see them paint and and sort of give them an inspirational talk or just a talk and be like what's crack and how he's getting on and blah 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 blah. You telling me that. Rory Higgins, who probably gets a bit of flack for being a bit boring sounding, mm. was watching paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake! Uh, but no, like the, some of the the stuff they were saying was was fairly progressive. We asked about a like a a dedicated singing section on Block K, and it was sort of like, uh huh. Um, we mean, uh huh. That's not. It's it's something to look. So they into, agreed with it or didn't agree with? It, it was more of a we'll look into it. Ah, so sort of thing. Pammed it off because they don't want they commit to anything like that. 
Well, um, so they don't want to the, put the commitment. Uh, also, re- the, the, the way the, I view the, that the commitment right? that they were making also sort of uh, required a bit of commitment from them lads themselves, being like, "Look, can you knock uh, lighting flares and the brandy well?" Uh, and pretty much in away games and stuff, can you just knock lighting did, flares in the head? Did anyone take minutes to this meeting? I'm not sure. Uh, there was a lot of things written down. Nothing on your side was yeah, taken not, down. No. Right, mistake number one, but. Well, it we didn't have somebody like, like you coming on, Mark, to be fair, so, I mean... Yeah, I'm, I'm probably too busy to be at this shite and too past it now, you know. Um, well, that is the other side of things. 10, 15 years ago, we were these lads. I, but we didn't have the PJ kind of was a hooligan wearing a balaclava <laughs> and black case, dropping off and, and throwing we, bricks at, at rovers. We never had the kind of scrutiny... On, on everything that we done. No, we didn't. But to go back to the days of the, like the Red Partisans and stuff, towards the later stages when I was more involved, um, the whole issue itself that we had and with the stewards, with, I say with the stewards, when John Hargan, an absolute legend, who was um, in charge of the... the, uh, the what do you call it? Ejection. He's a steward and we just Eje- keep going. Ejection. 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 He was part of the ejection team. Uh, he came down and was like, "Look, I don't want to. I want to work in a relationship here. I don't want bother from either side or blah 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 blah." Um, the the issue itself was drinking. You know what I mean? Like it was drinking cans or drinking bottles in the brandy well. I was like, "Lads, right, grand. You want to have a drink in the brandy well? Crack on. Just make sure it's in a, a can or or whatever, and they, they can't pick you up on the cameras doing it." Um, and it it seemed happy days. Everything was hunky dory. Blah 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 blah. There was no pyro going off anywhere. Um, there was none of that shit. Um, I say shit. It's, I, I don't mean shit. Uh, there was no like stuff. Stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then if you look one block over, they were drinking in cans and bottles for you all. Openly. Well, this is the thing. This is what I was trying to you interrupt I mean? you to say. So it seems as if there's and you a just specific set of rules. Me now. Sorry, Mark. There's a specific set of rules for one, but everybody else can go gung ho. Friday night against UCD, right? So these lads have, have stopped lighting pyrotechnics in the Brandywell as a group or individually. They've committed to that. They, oh, yeah. At, at that time, they had committed to it. Uh, Friday night in the Brandywell. Some Wayne, I assume, because you can buy these things on Amazon now. Pop the smoke at half time, or just before half time, or just after half time. Don't know what happened in the aftermath, but I would imagine that oh, it's them scumbags and Block A. They're they're you know they're going to get the blame for it. Aye, of course, of course, and uh, uh, that's part of the problem. Um, like I so I I think when 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 you're talking about the club not committing to like a singing section back. Uh, pre-cup final mm-hmm. is the fear of putting anyone else's nose out of joint and I think maybe the club has got strong links with some of the support and absolutely no link with, with the rest of the support Yeah, um, which is not how a football club should run but if I bring you back to the commercial manager um, because I don't want it to sound like he just said one thing on this podcast and agreed with most of what some l- listener come up with he he, he talked about pyro right mm-hmm. which is fair enough we all know it's a like a probably against the law 
Um, oh, no, I did. It's, yeah, it is, yeah. it's a safety issue. He said the pulse were working or done work to educate people about that. Um, I that's, don't know if that's, that's not true or untrue. Yeah. Um, but that's not if something they I'm are, aware of. Then again, like we're both on the terrace. We don't, it, you know what I mean? If they are educating people uh, uh, and teaching them the dangers, and I don't mean just shouting, you'll fucking burn your hand off with that. Mm-hmm. If they're actually taking the time to educate people, that is more of the stuff we need to hear about. Yeah. Um, because that's good engagement mm-hmm. to a degree. Um, he, he goes on to talk about behavior and he actually acknowledges. So his first line has cut him off from everyone that is going to listen with the viewpoint of Block K yeah. because of saying he agrees with most of it. He goes on to talk about behavior. He acknowledges that there's an uptick in what he terms per behavior. Yeah. Um, all over the country, even in the Irish League. Oh, absolutely. Um, considers it to be post-pandemic, and in our case, a new fan base coming through, a younger fan base. Uh, these young lads that I see uh, that are termed the part of the Block K mm-hmm. uh, have been there quite a number of years. They're, they're young yeah. people, but I, I've seen them up and down the country before the pandemic. Um, but he, he terms them as a new younger fan base uh, and how they would love to encourage you know young fans to come through and make sure it's safe for them. They're, they, now, they're, they're saying, so he's saying some of the right things. I don't know if they're actually doing some of the right things. Um, but then he, he, he said something that annoyed me, and as you can imagine, doesn't take much to annoy me. Well, I'm shocked. He talks about Derry City's responsibility for away fans. It's our responsibility for us when we're away from home, for us as fans when we're away from home. And he said that he he he, um, he says he doesn't want to see Derry City fans picking drunken fights with other supporters. Uh, and I think that's an awful, awful use of language. Now, if, if a member of the club is going to go on a podcast or going to go on any sort of interview... Cannot be someone who is a bit trained on what you might want to avoid saying, or, or you know, like he's made it sound like every fan that goes to the away games are picking drunken fights with other supporters and stuff. Yeah, that's that's not great terminology. I have been to quite a lot of away games this season. I haven't seen one bit of trouble. Um, no, away from home, it's been. Away from home, yeah. there's rarely trouble. If there is trouble, you get it in the likes of Dundalk, where for some reason they send in 300 riot cops for no reason. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I was sort of, the last time I was down in Oriel Park, that's the, the kind of crack I was expecting. I walked out of the ground fairly late on after the match, and there was like riot cops on horses. Hmm. Uh, and I turned, uh, around uh, to, <coughs> turned around to one of the ones that was standing about and was like, was there any. Any bother? Uh, and I'll, I'll keep going because this seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back for the lads in Block K and then their yeah. statement come out after it. So uh, the commercial manager talks about doing a lot of work behind the scenes, but he mentions the security company, the council and the club themselves. And not with the... The supporters the, need the, to yeah. feature in that. You know what I mean? Come off it. like you. It's just the stupidity sometimes really annoys me. Again, it might because it might be because this person isn't media trained, which is fair enough. But don't go on media if you're not media trained and talk a load of shite more or less. Um, he talks about there's a lot of uh, 
engagement with, with, with fans and people in blockade previously. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, I think he discussed about how before Drockett away, the club received a request from the Garda via Drockett themselves for profiles of people travelling. That's something that I've noticed happening specifically in Drahara recently where the Sneaky Beagies, if you've been watching Blue Lights, um, if not, the Sneaky Beagies are undercover playing clothes. Well, they don't need to be undercover if they're getting a profile sent them. Now, he, he admits it's very difficult to provide a profile. It's probably very difficult to them, for them to provide any information given how they ran the season tickets at the start of the season. True, but, but I've, I've noticed in Drahara... there's there's mad... Uh, like GDPR laws and everything you're sharing across technically a border yeah uh, uh, someone's personal information potentially like the guards I I think that's absolutely mental in in order to make that request they would have to go through the cops and that's just obviously something they haven't done Um, because it's meant to be the I think it's a football support officer Uh, and the North actually does have one Um, it's meant to be through them that they do that but they're obviously just chancing their arm and trying to be like, hey, tight for us. Um, but something I have noticed that an awful lot of playing close cops have been about the uh, United, whatever, Weavers. It's actually Dun- in the Dundalk game Dundalk as well, there was a few. Must, was be, a, must be a life thing. Oh, mm. they are. Uh, but it wasn't until about 65 minutes into the game that they pulled on their fucking Garda windbreakers and fucked off. But regardless of where they are, I just found that a bit mad. That's insane. Like I, he does, I, I he, didn't even know that it happened, but that's fucking insane. He goes on to talk about how the positives with what's going on around the club outweigh the negatives. Pretty much everything positive he mentions is happening on the pitch. Um, and then discusses a bit about uh, a, a new sort of terrorist section, which we will chat about in a wee minute as well. But So that came out, that was last week? It was published last week, maybe yeah. Wednesday maybe, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then a um, couple of days ago, Monday, Monday, we got the statement from Block K. Block K. A very well worded and well put statement, I thought. Aye, it's a, a statement that gets straight to the point. Yep. So the, the 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 key takeaways from it are. They're not happy about how they're being um, uh, coming under an onslaught of criticism, which it does seem to be, and it, it probably fades that way more so because of social media and stuff like that. So it's it, it's yeah. easy for people just to write well, shite on social media. It doesn't help that commercial managers on a podcast agreeing with half the stuff. Yeah, you remember when the we were the Jungle Side Boys, Mark, and we moved over. We to still the are. Well, we still are, but the, the group's more or less defunct. But. Um, the money ran out, you see. <laughs> like the shinners. <laughs> <laughs> but when we moved over to the terrace, we got it tight. We did that. Uh, we had a little backlash about how we had ruined, the single-handedly ruined single, the atmosphere. Single-handedly ruined well. the atmosphere that hadn't existed in the Brandywell since 2006, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, we'd ruined the atmosphere. We were the cons. We were the ones that, because we moved away from the norm, we didn't fancy fucking singing stand-up for the candy stripes or fucking red and white for times. 90 minutes. Like, it gets tedious. It gets boring. It gets annoying. You want to wave flags. You want to show a bit of colour. You want to create a bit of atmosphere. Fucking dead on. All right. 
maybe not so much the pyrotechnics and the brandy oil because we never really done that although we did do a couple of different places but that's neither here nor there um i'm all for supporting your club whatever way you want provided it doesn't drop an awful lot of like fines and shit on the club because that was always a sticking point for me with flares as far as i was aware the satanta cup was sort of sacrosanct you couldn't get fined and as it turns out, like no nobody really claimed ownership of it yeah. but like the dup's brexit plan yeah um <laughs> we're getting stick with the politics, stick with the politics. No, uh, no, no, by the way there was a local, local uh, government election or local council election there last week you want to talk about it um was there <laughs> but like I, I get banned for life from the brand new for bringing something like 14 flares in the ones park that should be 14 life bans should be, but, but um, we, we play next we play, week. We're, we're not <laughs> no, here to talk about. Go back the next week, back the fucking same week because we played Lunfield that Tuesday, and I was at the Cork match on the Friday. We can talk about Barry Davies uh, around the lifetime bans uh, some other time. We're talking about the current issue right now. So the statement from Block K, yeah, co- the, like the main standouts are how they feel that they're being treated. Yeah. Which, even if the club are steadfast on that's not how they're being treated, these are supporters coming to a game and feel that way. Yeah. So and and it's because of the club. So there's definitely an action on the club there. Oh. Um, and and what puts the club in a more disadvantaged position and makes them actually look terrible, uh, even more terrible than I already think, um, is we've seen two examples in the past two weeks. Uh, Drockety United had uh, a banner and a load of pyro against that. Um, the, the, uh, the campaign, the, the campaign FIA were throwing uh, about. So, yeah. uh, you know, very funny. Um, the FIA, the league or whatever, whoever it was. Pyro is going to be a part of football for as long as football exists. Whether yeah. you like it or not, that's kind of tough shite. Um, whether it's good or bad is, is yeah. neither like, to be um, negotiated or, or anything like that. But well, just to put it in the context, pyro and ultra groups have existed from the 60s. Aye. They're going fucking nowhere. So, like. so Drogba United, they banned one of the lads from uh, the the famous Forty Five, as they call themselves down there. Banned one of the lads for life. They threatened to protest. Uh, there was engagement with the club, and they managed to sort it out. Uh, the next week, Sligo Rovers, um, one of their members, I think, was put out during a game for reasons that uh, Forza Rovers, the overall group deemed were unworthy of throwing someone out of the stadium for um so they walked out of the game threatened protest uh, including the game against us on saturday and the club got engaged with them and and came to an agreement there as well so that's two examples uh if someone in the club was to reach out to either one of drocada or saiga rovers then Surely they would get a bit of advice on how to approach these things because it seems to me like the club don't know how to approach these things. Um, they went on in their statement then and talked about the lack of atmosphere at home games versus away games um, and put it put the onus on the club to go, uh, 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 to come with some sort of arrangement, some sort of, to come to some sort of agreement. Yeah. Now, a lot to unpack from both sides. A lot. A huge amount. Paul, you've been very quiet. I well, I think that what Mark said there about Slag and Jogger, that's a perfect a, example. It, like, it wasn't just Mark that said it, though. The, 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 the statement. Uh, 
like I think Slago, who were they playing? There was a fight on the actual pitch that done ha- happened a couple of weeks ago between the two groups. Right. Uh, and uh, probably and, and Slago, Slago was still there and managed to sort it out like, and they were scrapping on the pitch. Yeah. And there, here's there I go mad over fuck all basically. Well, um, <laughs> you couldn't have put it better than that. To be fair, like it, it just seems very. Very small and very sort of petty. A reason to to go after the lads. I all right. I understand there was a lot of like flares and smokes being let at the beginning of the season. There was a display done um, in memory of Jack, Jack Edgar, Edgar. Um, which hey, fair play to them. And even Pulse uh, didn't move on, and the club didn't seem too too bothered about it. Um, so, like, I mean, you can't really you can't use that as your example to go after them or to demonise them. Um, I'm not 100% certain as to why the club are demonising them. Is it... Like, they haven't come out and said it's down to the use of pyrotechnics, it's down to uh, drinking, it's down to, to, to fighting. I'm no, not saying that they, it's these lads that are fighting uh, the matches either. I think whatever happens, it's them getting the blame for it no matter 100%. what. 100%. And that was the like, same. That's a, like, after you went off to uni, I... I Home, uh, jumped on with the the partisans for a, a long time, Judas. and they were <laughs> thanks. They were facing the same sort of thing. See anything Aye. that went wrong, it was it's their fault. It's because they're getting so popular now that people want to sit for them, and then they're doing their own thing. They're not actually part of the group. Yeah. So I think even if the club help them place their stand themselves, yeah, that can come a long way. Uh, which which is the 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 conclusion that myself and and John the ejection steward came to before. Um, the pandemic kicked in and, and bolts were were brought in as a, a the student team. Um, but like there was a healthy enough working relationship there. Like everything was grand. We were trying to create an atmosphere. weren't playing so great on the pitch. Neither here nor there. Um, like we 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 were doing it. And each and every week that we that we met with some sort of issue, it was dealt with there and then. You know what I mean? Which is just something that. Thus far, like I don't know the ins and outs of it. I'm not in Black A anymore. None of us are. You're on the terrace now. I'm on the terrace. Yeah. Um. So I I don't actually know what the exact problem is. I'm gonna sort of paraphrase here and like pyrotechnics, as I was saying, literally anybody can buy them on Amazon. Somebody's man that like I remember a couple of years back. Somebody's man that bought them a Christmas present of a load of fucking pyro <laughs> so they could bring into the brand well. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mother of the year award. Yeah. There. Uh, like you go on Amazon now, you can buy a pack of smoke, five smoke grenades or something for like a tenner. You know what I mean? Um, case point: Friday night against UCD, some Wayne fucking pops one off, thinks this is class, and it probably ends up with a lifetime ban. Uh, don't worry, it never stuck for me. Um, fighting. All right. Pat's incident and Shamrock Rovers' incidents, like Rovers have always come up here and there's always been... There's always been trouble. Though. There's always been trouble. There's always been trouble. It's not necessarily down to... Like, it's no coincidence. You know what I mean? It's Rovers. So you're going with the common denominator theme? Yes. Rovers come up here, they act fucking madmen and end up getting a fucking a slap here and there. And Derry City are the, are the big bad guys. I remember 
and there's videos of it on YouTube. I think it was 1995 or 97 when they came up. And the stewards fucking guitar on them with battens and everything. Aye. And I, I've heard plenty of stories about it. And Shelburne was another one. Same sort of thing. There were scraps in the, the stands. And was was that the fault of the Black Key boys? I think not. Uh, as for Pats, the incident that the, that was brought into question was some teenager uh, from the away section. By the way, bringing the away fans up to the chippy, it's the chippy at the be. back of Black Key. Are you fucking winding me up? Like, why is there not a chippy down there? Why is the away fans not up there? Forever, anytime we go away, we were kids done. Like, yeah, common sense here. Anyway, fan the brand, they can walk wherever they want. Exactly, and fucking try and rule the roost. Now, it was my understanding that it was actually some of the older Pats lads that come up, and they were Pats lads, uh, casuals, ultras, whatever. Um, I would have said casuals, not ultras, but they come up and they slapped a young lad from the dairy end who was queued up at, at the chippy, and that's where it all fell to shite. And this is coming from somebody, like I wasn't there. This is a, a second-hand sort of, um, second-hand view, eyewitness sort of thing, uh, who was telling me that it was them who slapped a young lad. They all got tore on after that, and the Pats fans ended up with sore faces. Hey, shit, once you come up here and you act a f- fucking idiot, you're going to end up with a sore face. But see, right, I'm not saying there's a responsibility um, because that would be irresponsible to suggest as such. Mm-hmm. But if if a company is tasked with policing, for want of a better word, the Brandywell, yeah, and people are fighting mm-hmm. in the Brandywell, then there must be something on the company. But uh, like the way you segregate fans, obviously, isn't effective enough if they're scrapping at a chippy. Yeah. Now. That's not the only incident that happened uh, in and around the Pats game. Um, we've all obviously seen the, the pictures and the videos of what happened uh, after the full-time whistle. Um, when, see to be honest, and it happened again on the Monday night when Rovers were in town, there was a lot of like kids and stuff from in and around the Brandywell area were getting themselves geared up for, for a bit of a ruck, for a bit of a row. Um, which I thought was insane. Like the Rovers game on the Monday, we all seen the riots and whatever. It wasn't really riots to be fair. Like this, all there was a wane. As I was driving across the the Lomer Road after the game, I was behind a a cop jeep. There was a wane carrying a ten glass of vodka, about the fucking same size of him, and he launched it. I jumped on the brakes of the car. He launched it at the side of the cop jeep. There's not a mission he was at the match. Not a fucking mission. So, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that um, some of the lads in Black K didn't get involved in it. Because I know they did. The club knows they did and they know they did. Uh, but I'm also not going to sit here and be like, well, do you know what? It's all them. They're the bad guys. They they done this. They done that. When in reality, they didn't. You know what I mean? They just jumped on the bandwagon of, of the, the other young lads from the area who were, for want of a better word, Agnes. That's always been a problem in there. Like, yeah. I was surprised. This is Pat's game, isn't it? Uh, there's about five or six landies sitting outside. I don't know what it was for. I don't think it was a Pat's game. I thought I thought it was... Uh, no, I, think it, I think it was after the Rovers game. 
Uh, uh, no, no, after the Rovers game happened, but Pats the came were circulating for the next game. Pats came first. Well, it was Pats on the Friday night. The Pats Rovers. Game, then yeah. it, happened up, it happened on the Rovers game. Every at every entrance, there was like a couple of landies sitting there. Yeah. And Derry, like that's just not going to diffuse a situation. No, absolutely not. It was just it was adding further uh, tension to it. Well, do, see stuff that happens outside the ground. Not really that interested. It's more a societal issue, and it actually is. Yeah. Whether you like the force that's in place or not, it's the police's job to deal with. It's nothing really to do with Derry City Football Club. It just happens to happen around the games. Yeah. But. But this is this is what I'm saying. Like it's not just the Black K lads that are doing this. Aye, but the, what we're discussing at the moment is Block Block K in the club and and that fractured relationship and how do you how do they mend that? Now I think just based on on that relationship itself, there has to be some sort of concessions made by both sides. So I don't think the the lads of Stamp Block K are going to get everything they want all their own way. Um, but I don't think the club will have their whole blanket thing. I don't think they should have their whole blanket thing of treating them all the exact same way and not, you know, maybe coming up with an idea of how to police the block themselves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's the, the the club can take like a, a, a hard stance against it. I don't think Derry City Football Club are in the position to be banning young fans that are, are actually invested in the club um, because we've all seen it. 2006, you couldn't get a ticket for the Brandywell. 2007, you couldn't find a con that was going to the Brandywell. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's that fickle they can drop within an instant and you've got this core group that are coming and they want to create an atmosphere and stuff, and you're going to just sort of pan them off because there's other people willing to pay the ticket price at the minute. Yeah. The, the awfully high ticket price, I should say. Yeah. Right, so I think um, that we should, the club should uh, work work towards some sort of solution. Um, but I, I think we're at risk of, of hammering this to death uh, and I think we should probably move on uh, another lengthy episode this week um, uh, and we should move on and look ahead to happier times away to Sligo on Saturday is it happier times? I, Sligo away in the sun Sligo uh, on a Saturday I, I'm, I, not, I'm not a big fan of Sligo away and it's purely because you're not a big fan of anything away <laughs> Very funny. Uh, no, Sligo away, you don't really get to see <coughs> much of anything, to be fair, with that stand. And that's that's what annoys me. Like, So many clubs come up to the Brandywell and they get a full view of the entire stadium uh, from section A or whatever, but you can see fuck all in their away ends. Aye, it's, it's the way the stadium is built, isn't it? Um, but regardless, uh, the away... Allocation has sold out. It has. Yep. Um, so we should be taking. I don't know how many tickets we actually got, but we should be taking a good crowd down there. Ten thousand. Um, not it. It won't quite be Oasis at Nebworth, but uh, not it'll be a good travelling support by Derry. Um, I think there was a lot of talk during the week. Um, 
uh, post. Uh, well, they were beat by Cork at, at the weekend, yeah, were they? Uh, yeah. Post uh, the Cork defeat, that they were going to end up sacking their manager, which I'm not 100% sure if it came to fruition or not. Uh, I don't think it did, to no, be fair. He's still in place. I think the talk of sacking managers comes about maybe too soon because someone else has acted. So we've seen Pat sack their manager and, and then Cork sack Cork, their yeah. manager. Yeah. Um, and now that there's been, like, someone's gone and pulled the trigger first, other clubs are, are probably getting sort of, you know... <laughs> itchy, itchy trigger fingers. Uh, yeah. Itchy trigger fingers because uh, Sag weren't going well. Um, they, they've had one, one in five, and it was actually against Pats probably when Clancy was still in there. Um, the, the, their last three games, they've conceded five goals and scored none, uh, which is a bit surprising when you consider they have the sort of highly rated Max Maddow up front for them. He's been out the past couple of games. Has he been injured? why they haven't scored. Well, they are. So, the, so maybe there's a heavy reliance on him. Is he back against Derry? Probably is, no, Ireland. <laughs> their form, I'm just seeing it on your phone here, Mark. Is atrocious at the minute. They've won in one one in the last five. That's the the exact words I just said right there now. Yeah, well, I wasn't paying attention because I was too busy looking at the levels here because there's something wrong with the microphones. But that's neither here nor there. Um, one one and five, and I came against Pats. Uh, I I can't see past us beating them. It's a good grass patch down there, fairly wide. Although we haven't had. I suppose we haven't had the best uh, run of form down there over the years, have we? I think it's been better recently. Uh, under Rory Higgins, Aye. we've been good because Rory Higgins' first ever game in charge of Derry City was a 1-0 victory down there. Uh, it Patchen was. scored the, the penalty. I remember, was it Ronan Boyce coming in at the back post Ronan to Boyce, score a winner? Uh, Might have been the same season. Um, so I think Rory Higgins is a good record down there. Derry City overall might not have a good record down there, but... We we four wins in the trot. We've got lads back from injury. Lads looking fucking unbelievable. Yeah, Sligo looks like shite. They do. Uh, so you you would imagine it, it's going to be a Derry City victory, oh, hopefully, uh, and that puts us on five five in a row, keeps us top of the league. Yeah. Who knows what happens on Friday night? Could mean that we're extending our lead at the top. Um, so. Well, I'm I'm saying that at the time of, of us recording this, uh, there's been no movement on Sligo sacking their manager. I'm just going to check our Twitter feed now to be 100% certain on the matter. But um, no, I, as you were saying, like with players coming back, we're starting to look like a strong unit again. Uh, it's hard to see past us winning. I think it, no. it's hard to see anything other it's than getting to that point now where it's actually hard to pick a starting eleven. And that's a good problem to have, like. Well, so if you listen to the podcast, you'd know it's it's difficult for us to pick a starting eleven anyway. <laughs> me, it's difficult for me to start picking a uh, starting oh, oh. eleven. I can feel Mark staring at the side of my head here. I always come prepared with an eleven, but on, on the the manager front, uh, I think bizarrely we've got a bit of kiss of death off managers. I think Clancy was sacked after the the loss up here. Yeah, and um, what's Colin his name? Healy. Colin Healy mutually agreed to be sacked from the club in Cork. Um I but that was shortly after we beat them that, three 0 Yeah. We, was that not down to Liam Buckley coming on? Uh he uh, left he, he actually did leave. I don't think he was sacked. He actually did leave, but you know, um they were shite, they're doing shite. They're probably gonna keep U C D up 
You know, the the UCD's best asset against relegation this season. <laughs> um, what uh, we go around the scores and goal scorers. So yeah, it was it was a sort of off, it, it was sort of a, a very mixed mixed bag, shall we say, across the league. On uh, no, no. What's your prediction? Oh, my prediction. All we're right, not going to go around the league. Around we're the league. fucking an hour and a half in here. Well, we've gone longer. Like I'm just saying. Um, as for us. Starting line up, Brian Maher and Nets. Uh, as Are much you as giving us an 11 as well? Oh, of course, absolutely. We've, we've got the added bonus of PJ here to give us a, a, an 11 as well. Uh, Ronan Boyce, Kieran Call, Cameron Mike, Janet Ben Doherty. I think that Shane's going to come in there. I'm not 100% certain on where Conley is in terms of fitness just yet. But I, Who I, do you I, drop for Shane? I'm hoping that he comes in on the bench. I reckon Kieran Call uh, would be the, the candidate to be dropped. I wouldn't want them dropped, but that's. That's my opinion, I suppose. Um, so you're keeping Boyce at right back? It, again, it's a difficult decision for the manager to make. Ideally, I would have Kieran Cole involved in the team no matter where the position is. Um, as I said already, he could play anywhere. Um, it's not that I don't want Boyce involved. Um, I actually think I, I would be of the mindset of players you know, have good records at, at stadiums. And I, yeah. as we were just saying there, I remember Boyce scoring down there. Uh, in my mind, he's had good games against Sligo, so I would keep him in purely for that. Yeah, well, would you just enough. leave the levels alone? I can't, I can't, because your your microphone keeps dropping out on me. Um, the midfield that started the game against UCD was Brandon Kavanagh, Cameron Dumbigan, Will Patchen, Michael Duffy. Michael Duffy, Will Patchen, Cameron Dumbigan. Absolutely, don't think we'll see Brandon Kavanagh starting. I reckon it'll be Ryan Graydon. Uh, and Jordan McInef will most likely be involved in there as well. Um, and I'm hoping they see the return of Kane Kavanagh to the, the starting 11. Um, with O'Reilly O'Reilly coming off the bench, Kane starting the game, Jamie will probably come You're off. You're making subs as well. Oh, yeah. Jesus and, Christ. Uh, An hour and S- a half in. Sudhu Diallo. <coughs> Is he injured? Is he. No, I think he was just rested. Rested. Okay, so. I even came on, did he? He came on against UCD, I think. It's it's a toss up between between Jordan McGinniff and uh Sudu Diallo for that final midfield position and Kane Gavin up top. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a repeat of the UCD result. I'm gonna go four one. Gee, but I'm busted. Four one. Four one. Away from home oh, yeah. against Sligo. Ah, so they, as you say, as soon as we score the second mark, we're 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 unstoppable. We are, we're liquid football. Uh <laughs> like a football Cameron McJanner from a corner naturally uh, just getting in there before you do uh, Kane Kavanagh um, Ben Doherty and Mickey Duffy they score the goals for me for us and let me who's who's a Sligo player who's a Sligo player can score Max Mata injured is he not we don't know if he's going to come back into the lineup against us Willie Fitz oh Jesus he is a good game against us. He's a us. certain score. Yeah, he, he has a he's a very good us. game. I don't know if it's because he's trying to prove a point or whatever, but I always rated him as a player. You never hear about him in any other league game. Yeah, and he comes up the brand where you go down there, and he's fucking playing out of his skin. Bully Fats will score for me. Uh, PJ, we'll go to you next. You don't need to give us an eleven if you don't want to. Um, but prediction and and goals. Prediction, I'll go for two 0 I think our defence has been solid, minus that two minutes against UCD. Um, I would say let's see, Duffy and 
Hatch and they get a set piece. He's due one. Ooh. He's due a set piece goal. Oh, I like it. Doom and gloom. Let's hear it, Mark. <laughs> um, all doom and gloom this week because I'm only going three nil. Christ. Um, you know, obviously we'll probably win by more, but I'm predicting the three. Uh, How many headers does Cameron McDonald score from corners? Um, no, I've given up on Cameron McDonald. <gasps> he's not going to score from so a corner for the rest of the fucking season. Sacred blue. Um, of course, he's going to go out and fucking do it now. Well, that's why they've given up on yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, I think Ronan Boyce is going to score because he does. And we give Mac an F1 and Duffy one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, be an interesting Saturday evening down in Saigo if you are going to the game. Wish you all the best. Uh, enjoy the travel. I'll be stuck here watching a panel. I'll be going to the, the Gaelic game on, on Saturday night in Celtic Park. Over there. You're going, Jesus. You're going I'm to not, the Gaia game. I'm not. Instead right. of... So the the reason why I can't go down to Saigo is I'm working after the game anyway. But my niece, her cousins play on the, the panel. Wild by Gandhi Wants to go to the game. Yeah, because it's yeah. Wants to go to the game, so I'm like, right, fuck it, I'll go. Um, <sighs> but the entire time, uh, I will it's not be, be paying any attention. Hill podcast. will this. not be paying it. Oh, no, it'll be Bluebell Hill Terrace uh, podcast. Don't start. Uh, <laughs> Rory Gallagher Supporters Club. Jesus, no. <laughs> fucking hell, PJ. <laughs> well, that's what you're going to watch. Man comes on the, 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 the you, podcast and gets his cancelled. That's who you're supporting there. Not a chance, no. Kieran Mina is is the manager now, sure. He's a Donegal man anyway. So, uh, so you what do you, you think? Because some lads come in and replace him, all is forgiven. But no, I'm not getting on it. Actually, don't. Um, we've had enough tonight. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's probably the best. We're not going to get back into uh, a brandy well after this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, will we queue up together or go to separate gates? Or? <laughs> strength and numbers, isn't there? Um, <laughs> I think we'll leave it there for this evening. It's been another fucking long one. It has um, been a massive thank you to Paul for coming on and talking to us about the foundation. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll have a bit more uh, information about them uh, whenever the the events. I just keep an eye out. We'll we'll share the links and we'll share whatever um, is on social media there as well as and when. Yeah, uh, we are top of the league. No point in going around the league. Nobody cares about two, second, third, fourth, fifth, nope. whatever. They nope. don't exist, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, We'll be back with a full review of the Sligo game and probably the cancellation of our season tickets. Uh, but until they, then... They, they can probably post my cancellation out and I get that before I get the actual ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying out of it. Uh, until then, support the Rock and Share, support the Scandal Podcast, support the Ryan McBride Foundation. If support you aren't going to the game... Team. Yeah, if you aren't going to the game, call them the Rock and Share, you can watch it. Uh, until then... Until next week, when we do a full review, we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled and our, our ears out and, and see what we can see for you. But uh, see you after, hey? Thank you. Have a right, wonderful thanks. time. Bye. Bye.